Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Michael Allen is testing his brand new microphone. He's got a microphone bearing the same brand name as a toy my dog teddy bear uses. It's called Yeti. Well, that's just awesome. You know, that made, you know, that that just gives me so much confidence that I'm going to be able to get through the show correctly. My mic is a toy that's played with. No, sorry. I'm just going to stop it, right it there. It feels great when his teeth bite into it. <laughs> right. MJ no, Benias, please tell us what kind of mic you're using. I don't have a mic. I'm just using my laptop onboard mic. That's not bad sounding onboard mic. Sounds oh, pretty good you. to me. Semi congratulations to Mike. <laughs> you know, seriously, yeah, yeah. folks, of course, Chris O'Brien's on extended vacation, and we brought MJ Benias here because he always has fascinating things to say. He wrote a really interesting article for Robbie Graham's UFOs Reframing the Debate. We'll get into that and some of the new stuff he's written. But I came across a book the other day. The author bought me a deep dish pizza. Charles Wesley Orton. And the book is called, listen to this, folks, Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Things You Never Knew You Wanted to Know Anything About. It's a good title. Well, the, the first title was Don't Worry, We'll Think of a Title, but I'm kidding. <laughs> and it, it has really interesting articles here. The History of Toilet Paper, From Its Origins in China to the Present. Now, before they invented toilet paper, I can't ask that question. It's just not appropriate. From Monastery to Mall, the true history of the pretzel. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The naked truth, a history of bathing. (laughs) Okay, and this one I'll give you only because it's something we all have to suffer through. History of the birthday cake. All right. Mm. Okay. Fascinating things so far. <laughs> yeah, so far you, you're really just tearing it up, Gene. You see, some people believe that the best way to start a show is with something that really hits them between the eyes. I was yeah. thinking, do I either hit them between the eyes or do I present something that is so bad that everything past it has to be better? Uh, I think that's the second option. We'll go with that one. Right. Anyway, MJ, I've seen some interesting columns on your site, one that went up a couple of weeks back, and you have this thing called Terra Obscura, your blog. Yep. And you have an article here, and this is almost a tongue twister of a title, Ufological Seppuku, Why We Shouldn't Disembowel MUFON Just Yet. Now, I have kind of mixed feelings about whether we should or shouldn't. Or I, I think of Groucho <laughs> Marx where he said, I would never join a club that would have me as a member. There you go. That's, that's actually pretty wise. I probably shouldn't either. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know where I stand yet. Either. Like I, I wrote the article and, and I have a position in it. But, you know, the positions change over time, maybe. Especially since I wrote a couple of weeks ago, maybe my mind has changed a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I sort of stand by my word. I'll stand by my words, at least for now. Tell our listeners briefly what this is about. 
Sure. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, MUFON about four or five months ago hired on the new, uh, a brand new um, director of, of research. And uh, he was um, a scientist by the name of Chris Cogswell. He's a PhD, I, I believe, in chemistry um, or biology. Okay. Now, see, now I don't remember. But he's, he's a PhD for sure. In a, in a field. He has his own podcast called the Mad Scientist Podcast. And, and overall, he was sort of a, a nice breath of fresh air, I think, for, for MUFON top brass. Um, you know, definitely science-minded, definitely uh, a good sort of pedigree for, for an organization that claims to be a scientific organization. Uh, anyway, uh, a few weeks ago, he decided to leave MUFON only after a short four months of, of sort of being their director. In other words, he stayed at MUFON even less than some of the people who worked for Donald Trump. There you go. He, he quit. He didn't get fired. And it all kind of came down to um, a certain former state director um, by the name of John Ventry, who a year ago or so um, publicly went on a, a sort of racist tirade. And there was a lot of politics and drama that occurred as a result. Um, and I guess yeah, in the last couple of weeks, Mr. Cogswell found out that Mr. Ventry was still involved with MUFON, uh, even though MUFON publicly stated that he was no longer involved, apart from just being a journal receiver and a paying member. So Mr. Cogswell sort of being, I guess, disappointed with MUFON's leadership um, in, in allowing Mr. Ventry to sort of still participate in, in various things uh, for the organization, uh, he decided sort of as an act of, of conscience to, to leave. And, and that's sort of where this article, I guess, sort of began, or at least got its root of the idea. So well, that, that's that, the background. Well, the Twitter entry is just, I mean, it's, it's awful. I mean, I, you know, I was reading through it, and I just, I mean, where do, where do people come up with these ideas? That uh, you're speaking of, Mister. You're speaking of Mister. Ventry, sort of. Posts. Yeah, yeah. He posted something. You you have it on your blog here. Yeah. You posted his tweet. I mean, it's just. I mean, yeah. I, I I can't. I don't even know where to start. I mean, something like this when you, you it's just it's it's outrageous. It is outrageous. Uh, you know, I think um, as I've sort of been researching this and 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 sort of as people have been contacting me, sort of after writing it. Um, I think there's a general feeling, at least from some of Mr. Ventry's sort of personal associates or friends, that he definitely sort of regrets it happening. That's sort of how it, it sounds. Whether he re whether he thinks his words are, are still true or false, or sorry, whether he thinks his words are true, and, and whether he has sort of um, um, changed his tune, let's say, in regards to his personal opinions regarding African Americans, I, I don't know. But he definitely regrets the whole thing. Um, I mean, he was, you know, uh, relatively um, established um, state director for MUFON, definitely sort of um, being bred for command. Um, um, and he that sort of got all thrown away for him. Because of well, you, you sound like somebody who gives somebody the benefit of the doubt. And I mean, I've read your article on um, uh, just as a kind of a contrast or comparison. Your article on the Meyer, on Billy Meyer, is I think you, you really, really try to understand somebody where they're coming from and try to see something, anything of value in what they have to say. And I, I think that's a good thing. I, it's something that I do. Um, I try to always give people the benefit of the doubt and try to give them a chance to kind of fix themselves. But 
you know, there's at some there's a line you have to draw at some point and just throw them in the trash bin. Just say, you know, this guy is just out there. He's he's nowhere. He, he's delusional. He has no idea. Right. He's completely disconnected from reality. Now, yeah. I also think here people are entitled to freedom of speech, but they yes, have to absolutely. be careful about expressing hate. And if they feel that way. And they share it amongst their friends and family who understand where this person is at. And he's not just the crazy uncle who shows up at Thanksgiving and they can't really throw him out. (laughs) That is fine. Freedom of speech is fine. But when you intermix it with very public activities, I think you have to show a degree of discretion here. And that's the problem we see with this guy, Ventry. That he has no discretion whatsoever about expressing these views. And maybe he feels the political climate allows it. And I don't want to get into politics because when we get into politics on the Paracast, other than a crack or two, they get pretty weird. And I don't want to get weirder than we already are. We've got MJ Benias joining us. He's wrote a very fascinating chapter for UFOs reframing the debate. Has a great blog. We're joined by our special co-host with a new Yeti Mike. Michael Allen. You know, blue mics ought to be sending. No, I don't want to get into that. More to come. Cindy. (laughs) You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361 for hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, and rats. If you've made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has 90 years of experience eliminating home invaders. And they make it easy for homeowners to be protected by offering a free pest estimate by calling 1-800-676-9879. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, rats, and other pests. This is your last chance with one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. Terminix will never stop working to keep you out with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Pests. Wherever you are, I will find you. Pests. You've been warned. Homeowners are calling Terminix right now for a free pest estimate. 1-800-676-9879. 1-800-676-9879. 30-day money-back guarantee at participating locations. Limitations apply. See plan for details. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have a more robust Michael Allen as our guest co-host, Chris O'Brien on extended vacation. Next week, by the way, we've got another fascinating show for you. And he wrote a book, by the way, for Robbie Graham's publishing house or publishing company. His name is Jack Hunter. And you'll learn more about him next week. And we'll put up a thread for that discussion over at theparacast.com slash forums or forum.theparacast.com. So we were talking about an article here from MJ from his blog called Terra. Obscura. It's called Ufological Seppuku, why we shouldn't disembowel MUFON just yet. So now that their new director of research is toast, he left. We should get him on the show soon. What do we do with MUFON? Yeah, and, and I raise this in, in the article. I have to be honest, like, obviously, I, I find what Mr. Ventry said to sort of be, you know, despicable. But I think the, the bigger issue was Mr. Harzan, Jan Harzan, the executive director of MUFON, his immediate response, um, which was was sort of promptly deleted. Um, the post lasted maybe a, a day or two um, until it sort of was removed from MUFON's website. Um, and, and I have the, a screenshot of it on, on the article if you want to read it. Um, the one sort of problematic statement is, is he sort of suggests that everyone who found Mr. Ventry's 
post despicable and publicly sort of said they found it despicable, um, sort of referred to all those people as haters. Um, and, and that, you know, haters are basically going to hate. Um, and, and obviously, you know, this is awful. Uh, this is sort of a response that you don't want to have from someone who's in charge of, a, of an organization. No, that it's an organization organization that's devoted to sort of a public service in regards to investigating UFO sightings, especially investing in UFO sightings for sort of everyone, right? Um, you know, no matter what the sort of cultural background is. So I think there was a big slip up on Mr. Harzen's part to sort of deal with Mr. Ventry's comment. And that's kind of my fundamental problem, I think, with the overall situation as it sort of played out. Now, in regards to MUFON, you know, I kind of say in the article, you know, I don't want to necessarily go to war with MUFON. I have no interest in going to war with MUFON. I think MUFON has um, hundreds of, of excellent field investigators. I would say they have hundreds who aren't excellent, but they have hundreds who are excellent and they have hardworking volunteers and dedicated people. Um, and unfortunately, for a lot of them, that's their only sort of way to investigate UFOs. It's their only way to engage with the UFO phenomenon. Um, because they just don't have the ability or, or the, the the financial ability or the wherewithal to sort of set up their own organizations or set up their own investigative outfits or, or have their own blogs or whatever. They're just, they, they, they investigate for move on and they're great. Um, so I don't necessarily think we should sort of, like I say, disembowel move on, but I do think that the leadership here is at fault. Um, ultimately this all sort of happened and it all played out the way it did under the watch of Mr. Harzan and, his sort of top brass. Um, and ultimately, my article using the, the seppuku sort of idea um, is based out of Japanese um, sort of honor suicide um, in that when the leadership fails, the leadership is responsible to gain its honor back. And and for the leadership to do that, obviously, they, they sort of commit this ritual disembowelment. Now, in my article, I clearly state, you know, please don't disembowel yourself, move on top brass. Um, your lives are precious. And if they did, they'd blame you. I'm sure they would, you know, but um, I I sort of say that again in the article, like, I don't want anybody to die. But I think the honorable thing to do for some members, especially sort of some of the higher ups who let this all go down on their watch, um, it might be time to resign. It might be time to let MUFON have new leadership and a leadership that um, is maybe more conducive to you know being proactive instead of reactive uh, especially um in responding to sort of issues of race or issues of of sexism within ufology well it gets back to your point about the democratization uh the point you made in your essay the ufo the entire framework the entire culture uh is a democratization of information sharing uh which and and I think that what you're looking at, you know, it makes sense that uh, you'd have uh, a kind of there, – there'd be a slower process in trying to weed out the – pull these weeds out of the – not something that would just happen, in, you know, automatically in an authoritarian system. Right. Um, that's one thing that I think that may be, int- uh, may be an interesting kind of, uh, you know, tie-in to your essay – um, which was very interesting, but I've read through it. It was um, I was really fascinated by it. Um, so, the I think that that's probably what you're looking at. Is this is another case example of how we we, especially when he said 
when the the response that was taken down is saying, let's listen to what somebody says and let's have a dialogue about it. Um, I think that that's going to that the problem is is that we're going to run in you're going to run into a kind of an automatic knee jerk reaction. It's kind of like the Me Too movement. You're going to and it's valid. It's completely valid. You just there are things that you just don't say in political discourse, and I think the problem is is that you're dealing in a with a kind of a cultural framework that is used to uh, listening and taking things for what they are and letting people speak their minds. And I think you you have a kind of a double edged sword there. Well, you also have a problem these days, which is the false equivalency problem where you assume that all viewpoints have equal value, yeah. even if they're patent nonsense. Now, as I said, if someone has hate in their hearts, they shouldn't make it an issue that can be attached to their employer and organization they work with. The other thing here is, is with Jan Harzan. He's a really nice guy. I've had him on the PowerCast a few times. The issue here is he's tried to commercialize MUFON. To boost membership, he does things that he thinks will attract an audience. That's why we have the Hangar One show with its semi-fictional approach. That's why we had last year's MUFON conference where some pretty wacky viewpoints and some pretty whacked out people came there to present their wacky viewpoints because he felt they would attract an audience, not to research UFOs. In fact, these days, even though there are many dedicated researchers with MUFON, you get the distinct impression they're more into evangelizing the word and the truth about the UFO arrival, not so much as we've got this strange phenomenon, what's causing it? They're not interested in solving the UFO mystery. They're interested in presenting the wackiest, wildest sightings and lectures possible so people will renew their memberships. And that's and just really, really unfortunate. Let me just tell you that we've got the yeah. PowerCast Plus with the exclusive after the PowerCast podcast. We have the PowerCast special version free of network ads. You learn more if you go to plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com. MJ Benias joins us, blogger, UFO researcher, etc. And we'll ask about the etc. in a moment. And Michael Allen... Boasting of his new Yeti mic. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, 
get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. With uncertain times in the United States, it's only prudent to consider storing precious metals in a safe place outside our borders. And Miles Franklin, we have done just that for you. Partnered with the most respected storage company in the industry, Miles Franklin is proud to offer the only fully insured private safe deposit box program in North America held in Vancouver and Toronto. Send us your previously purchased precious metals or have one of our brokers help you purchase something new. Questions? Please call one of our experienced brokers at 866-485-4346. Solid Foundational Storage, partnered with the most respected name in security. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice. Call us at 866-485-4346. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Limited, a name you can trust. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So is there a future for MUFON here? Can I jump in on this, actually, in regards to sort of what was said in the previous segment? Please Um, do. You know, it's interesting because my interest in in UFOs, while I do find the phenomenon fascinating, I'm relatively agnostic as to the source or, or really what it is. My my interest in UFOs is more cultural um, in, in studying and, and, and exploring sort of the UFO community and the UFO subculture as a thing in and of itself. In the bird's eye view of, of the UFO community itself, you have this 
I think, divide, and it's not a clean divide, but you have a divide between um, what I would like to sort of call the UFO researcher, um, sort of the field investigator, that sort of type of person. And then you sort of have what I call like the characters of ufology. Um, and these would sort of be the the Corey Goods, the David Wilcox, um, the Stephen Greers, um, who, like you say, evangelize, right? Their intention here is not to necessarily bring any um, evidence or truth um, uh, or factual information uh, to sort of in an attempt to to um, demystify or an attempt to piece the puzzle together in regards to UFOs, they've already come to a, a conclusion somehow, um, whether they just made it up um, or, or whether maybe they had an experience. But they, like you said, are, are trying to convince people of their um, uh, of their belief system, of their theology. Um, and it's interesting to note that in this whole sort of ufological landscape, um, MUFON is is struggling to find members. I think currently the membership is probably you know roughly three thousand members with a maybe four hundred field investigators. Um, that but, sounds less than it used to be. It, it, oh, it's definitely low. And um, you look at someone like Corey Good, or you look at someone like David Wilcock, um, who probably have a, a following in the tens of thousands. Um, of, of individuals who buy their books and, 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 and follow them on Twitter and, and Facebook and, um, you know, attend their lectures and all that stuff. So, so, you know, MUFON is in this curious position because I think as an organization that initially started uh, with the intent of, of attempting to piece together the UFO phenomenon, um, it has now almost been replaced by this evangelical movement, this sort of theological UFO movement, um, and and the characters and I and I and they are definitely characters. Like I, I can't sit here and say that Corey Good and David Wilcock don't play characters. Um, whether they're honest or not, I don't know. But um, they're definitely sort of um, uh, actors on a stage sometimes. Well, um, let's go back to the Stephen Greer example. Like you know, right. years ago with the Project Disclosure, and you had a good deal of really what I would consider to be qualified. Witnesses, people who had a, an extreme amount of, uh, they were had a very high integrity mixed in with people who had none at all. And then at the top, you have an individual who's kind of running the whole show. Yeah, where you have this this guy who's bringing in what I would consider to be very highly qualified people. I mean, there's a mixture. It's it's a mixed bag. And I watched all of the videos, the Project Disclosure, years ago when it when it first came out. What bothered me is that then then he turns around and he goes and it goes off the deep end with his C SETI project, right. where he's charging people two thousand twenty five hundred dollars or something like that to come mm-hmm. out and watch him vector in UFOs to some site in in some kind of a camp meeting kind of thing, and and that was just. I have to wonder uh, why, what what's going on here when people do that and they bring in, is this something to try to discredit them? I mean, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theory, but it's yeah. it almost sounds like I, it. I think I think ufology is as again culturally as as a, as a massive conglomerate of people who who sort of coexist as a community, and you know the hundreds of thousands of them, whatever however many there are. Um, 
ufology is, is, is very much filled with people who have a, a, a pre-established mistrust or, or distrust rather of science itself as, as a, as a endeavor, right? Um, you know, ufology, when you look at the community is filled with people who believe in flat earth, they believe in hollow earth. Um, they believe that reptilians live on the moon. Um, you know, th there's a very much sort of an anti-science they, they, you know, there's, an, there's a significant amount of anti-vaccination people. Um, you know, there's, I think a distrust of science within ufology, um, because it's just it it lends itself well to that um ufology is a very very anti-establishment type of subculture um so by 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 nature you're going to have groups of people who who distrust the establishment um and if mufon is playing a, a scientific game at least they used to they used to play a scientific game i can see how the ufo community as it's evolving is starting to move away from that, right? And moving towards a more mystical approach. The, the stuff that Corey Good, David Wilcock, Stephen Greer all sort of pitch a more a more religious aspect of of ufology. Doctrinal. Um, exactly. Less about doing proper research, um, filling in sighting reports, comparing that data, doing proper data analysis. Um, we don't have to worry about that. Um, rather they would say we can worry about um, meditating and and um, you know, like you say vectoring you vectoring in UFOs and um, talking to our space brothers and anyone who disagrees with us right and, and ultimately because it's it's a, it's a religion anyone who disagrees with us is the enemy right anyone who disagrees with us is part of the cabal or is part of the intelligence establishment or is I can't remember what the newest one is has been infiltrated by the CIA or, or whatever. Right. Well, there's there's the shadow government. There's the right. you know there there are all kinds of names for it. And you know when you're talking about reptilians, you get it goes back to David Ike, who with his six hour lectures goes through some pretty interesting material, and then he just goes off the deep end. Um, if you want to, I mean, you probably heard enough of him, but uh, it's it's interesting when they put forth these theses. Um, and I have no doubt that there's probably a group of people, um, you know, who have a, a a good amount of control over the resources of the planet, and they represent a small population. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that mean that that in and of itself means that uh, there's hidden information that we just don't that they're keeping from us or that uh, there's some kind of global agenda and i think that that's that's probably you know again what you're talking about when you talk about in your essay the democratization of information go is kind of a double-edged sword um it uh, i don't know if you mentioned this but it was something that i kind of read when i i kind of got out of it it was that okay. is that you you end up with this with this kind of a chaotic community of people who are anti-establishment, but at the same time, uh, they have this kind of uh, decentralized uh, system of evaluating cases, information, and, and I think that that's the problem, is, is that you don't have the hierarchical, um, you don't have that, that, that um, hierarchical framework that you would see in a capitalistic system. No, I mean, ufology is total anarchy, man. Like, it's totally yeah. complete anarchy. 
Yeah, there is there is no ivory tower. There is there's there is no hierarchical system. No one's the pope. Um, you just have these different people, groups, sort of vying for as much of the pie as they can. Um, and and you know what the the beauty about ufology and the, the beauty of this the democratized system, the beauty of the anarchy of ufology is that no one really holds onto the pie for too long. You know, at the end of the day. It doesn't take long. It'll be a few years, but um, in a few years, no one will remember David Wilcock and Corey Good and Stephen Greer. No one will remember To the Stars Academy. No one will remember MUFON. No one will remember anything because something will replace those things, or, or many things will replace those things, and they will fade into obscurity, um, and and other things will take its place. We're not going to disappear. However, we got more to come. With Gene and Michael and MJ, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. 
Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Federal Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, MJ, Gene, and Michael are here. Oh, by the way, I just want to mention that we got an email from our old friend Tim Beckley the other day. Brad Steiger was one of the first guests on the Paracast lo these many years ago. Okay? In 2006, he's in a hospice. And I'm very, you know, very sad to hear that. So what happened? What's going on with him? I didn't know about that. I heard the news the other day. That's really sad. This this, is heavy. Losing a good one. Losing a good one. Brad Steiger, you know, has been old for the last few years. And as I said, he was the first of two guests on the Paracast on February 28th, 2006. The other guest was James Mosley, who was no longer with us. Now, Brad had the distinction of helping us name this show, The Paracast. We were going to call it Paracast World. And Brad said, why not just call it The Paracast? And Brother Brad, when he says something, we listen to him. So we send our best wishes over to Sherry Steiger, and maybe a miracle will happen. You never know. Brad is pretty prolific, right? He wrote something like 120 or 150 books or something, didn't he? Like, he's quite established, like, from what I understand. I think it was 160-something. That is a serious amount of books. I only met him a few times over the years. I met him, he was living in Scottsdale, Arizona at one time, and I met him at a UFO convention that... Brother Tim Beckley was sponsoring. <laughs> this goes back to what, I guess, the 1990s? That's an interesting question we can talk about, too, sometimes, which is the next generation of paranormal researchers. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's going to happen. I mean, you know, the old guard will eventually disappear and... and um, sort of the new guard will replace it. 
I have no idea what that will look like. Whether MUFON is still in the picture, like whether MUFON will be in that new world, I don't know. Um, I, I sort of hope it is. Um, I hope MUFON can somehow save itself, pull itself out of the fire that it's currently in. Well, I think that uh, I think that a lot of the people that are involved in the subject, either they've had a direct experience later in their life, um, or they've they met somebody who had an experience and they want to research it and figure out what they're what what's going on. And then you have the people. There are people who just simply read a book about it. At an early age, and I, I think that you're going to get you're going to get the same kind of. Uh, the only difference, of course, is that with the cases that people focus on right now, they're going to change. Uh, we we have a lot of cases that have happened um, that people still talk about. Uh, the one in Chicago, the one the uh, in O'Hare, we have the one in Stephenville, um, and there are probably people who maybe are not serious about it right now, but they're mulling it over in their minds. And you never know what, what's going to happen. I mean, they, I think that in my case, I, I got into this. I was interested in this field because a friend of mine had a very, very powerful experience. And while I didn't ever didn't really believe in it because it was secondhand, I was like, I don't know what, I didn't see what you saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something to the the amount of, I mean, just the, um, what's the word? It, how much he believed in what he was saying. I mean, you, you could just hear the, the conviction in his voice when he would talk about these experiences. So I, I think that there's going to be more people involved in this just by default because we're dealing with a human condition that is that that continues. Even yeah. though, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think I think we're going to see an increase um, in in people who are interested in the subject matter. Um, I think you're also going to see as a new group comes in. I think you're also going to see the phenomenon itself change. I think um, the phenomenon will adapt to the new people who sort of make up the group that is sort of tasked with investigating the phenomenon or or trying to understand it. Um, so I'm not saying that suddenly, you know, it's going to be some dramatic change, but over time, you'll definitely, I think, will notice the, the nature of the phenomenon will, will become something different, especially as technology develops, especially as, um, you know, you're, you're now, the phenomenon is now dealing with young people who have devices on them 24-7 and, you know, are typically connected to the internet, uh, you know, at any given moment and, and just the way it's all going to play out is, is, you know, the 1950s and the 1960s, 70s and 80s, you know, those days are long gone. And, and the technology of those days is, is long gone. Um, we're now dealing with um, young people who are born with an iPhone in their hands um, and Wi-Fi. So um, I, I think you're going to see a total shift in, in how the UFO phenomenon occurs as well. Um, so I, I agree with you on, on sort of both counts. Well, I had a question that I wanted to ask, and it really relates to your essay. I'm not going to quote directly, but you had this kind of starting out with the the notion of true reality being inaccessible, uh-huh. um, because it's there's 
because we create, we construct with the system, our own objective reality is, uh, well, our own subjective reality puts us out of reach of the objective reality. Um, and I'm wondering if that's uh, hyperbole, because I read this and I thought it made me go back to some of the philosophers, particularly Hegel, and I'm not going to get into it, but where we're part of the universe that we kind of come out of the universe in the same way an apple grows from a tree. That's an Alan Watts quote, by the way. And I, I just wonder how much of that is really true. I know that we have a, we have a connection to reality, uh, but because we are a part of it, but is, it, is, is objective reality really forever out of reach? Well, yeah, we can, we, we can, okay, we can go down a lot of rabbit holes here, man. Um, oh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I, the reason why I brought this up, because it was kind of at the forefront of your paper, uh, right. your essay, and it's, it kind of set the tone of your thesis, and that's why I'm addressing it. I know it, a lot of, for our listeners, a lot of people, when they write something, they put down an epistemology and a philosophy or a metaphysical foundation. And I like to go to the root, and sure. that's why I'm asking the question. So I'll begin, I think, maybe in, in the sort of most simplest way. And I would say that um, you and I, as we're speaking right now, we are sort of generating our own interpretation of, of reality, simply by us using language alone. Um, language itself is not objective, right? Um, so if, if you and I think in language, which we typically do, um, and we communicate in language, we are, we are accessing reality in a totally subjective way, or at least um, um, a, a subjective, um, yeah, a subjective way that sort of we can both understand each other ultimately, but, but our language does not necessarily equal an objective reality. Um, so when we talk about, you know, UFOs, or we talk about coffee cups, or laptops, um, we are forming those concepts um, out of language. Language is sort of the, the prime um, mover of our subjective reality. Um, and I mean subjective reality here. Um, so we then can, we can the, argue that there is, if there is an objective reality, we can argue that there is potentially some large, you know, primary mover, um, like a god or something. Um, but subjectively, we are sort of creating our own reality simply by communicating about it. But what about the what about the idea of communication? Uh, let's say let's look at something that's more prosaic, like the communication of of that happens with the DNA molecule and an RNA uh, division, and there's something that there's this little thing that that goes along and reads the the information and then translates it into proteins. I mean, in other words, communication divorced from Communication and objective reality, when you think about a language, and I agree with you on the idea that, the, that there is a subjective component to language, but there's also a shared reality between the people who use that language, just like there's a shared reality between computer systems that all speak the same language through a certain layer and they can actually communicate and real world events occur because of that communication. And that's the part that I kind of get a little bit. I mean, I, my problem is that I'm a monist. More to come. <laughs> 
You're in <laughs> the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Federal Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at killingunclesambook.com. Killingunclesambook.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let me tell you something here. Last week, if you heard Nick Redfern and his Paracast stingers went on forever. And I'm told that is only a small example of the things he does sometimes when he's in the right mood, as Greg Bishop was telling us. MJ Benias. You're in the Paracast. They're yes. trying to do it together. They want to start a duo. Instead of Peter and Gordon, it's going to be MJ and Michael. Or Michael and <laughs> MJ, depending on who gets top billing. Well, well, one of them has to take a note and sing that note, and then I'll sing a note that's like a third or a fifth above it or something like that. I might go into a couple of things that we're seeing on your blog, MJ. We can go back to your entry for reframing the debate. You have an article there about the Flatwoods Monster. Now, I haven't heard much about the Flatwoods Monster in many, many years. Yeah. What makes it interesting to you? Yeah, so the article about the Flatwoods Monster is actually, it's a review of of Seth Breedlove's documentary. So um, I got to see it sort of before it came out, and, and I, I got the chance to review it. 
I find the Flatwoods Monster case, and I find and I find generally actually all of Breedlove's documentaries interesting because they all kind of focus on a specific sort of monster story. I think I find monsters themselves interesting as a concept, and 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 Flatwoods ha- is, this, is is this very weird one, um, and it's weird because it's so absurd. You have you know these kids and their mother and sort of a friend I suppose who who sort of run out in the woods and they bump into this. Good Lord, they bump into this sort of thing that sort of floats above the ground. It looks like a sort of a, a missile hover, like, um, you know, a vertical missile hovering. And it has these large red eyes and it has these sort of gangly arms with claws. And then this, this sort of curious, very like 19 sort of 50s, 60s stylized kind of teardrop. I'm not sure what you'd call it, like a... Like you know, like almost like like a, it reminds me of almost like a vampire cape, you know, like a Bella Lugosi sort of high neckline vampire cape that kind of goes above its head, and it's sort of bright and shining. And they have this experience with this this thing, whatever it is, and it seems so strange because there's not much else in the ufological sort of literature or narrative that sort of resembles this. When you see a picture of the Flatwoods monster. You know, you sort of know, okay, that's the Flatwoods monster. And I've never really seen it before or after anywhere else. It's kind of this one-off moment almost. Now, just Um, to point out here, this was not the ghost of Bela Lugosi. He did not die until 1956, four years later. There you go. That's right. But I think the Flatwoods monster brings to light sort of an idea about monsters themselves in general and 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 this maybe touches on what we were talking about previously about things that are sort of objective and subjective in reality you know can monsters be both can a monster be something that's very real as real as your coffee cup but also something that comes from your imagination um and i think breed loves film sort of asks this question in a roundabout way. And that's why I find it interesting because we never really see the Flatwoods monster sort of ever again, at least not anywhere else uh, apart from maybe Flatwoods. And no one's really bumped into it. Um, unlike, you know, other monsters or other things within ufology, you know, everyone sees greys, for example, and we have sort of this reiteration of greys throughout the ufological narrative or, or, you know, other types of aliens. But this weird Flatwoods monster just kind of stands out as this curious one-off. I, that's why I find it sort of interesting. But I, the broader question is, is, can something be both objective and sub- subjective simultaneously? Can something exist in reality, like your coffee cup, but also be sort of part of the imagination? Um, and that's the, the question that's, that sort of, I think, the, the film asks in an interesting way. Well, you know, when I hear the word monster or monstrosity, I think of something huge, overwhelming. But when you look at the, the etymology of the word... It's more related to a divine, to the notion of a divine omen, a portent, a sign, an abnormal shape. I know, it's interesting. An abnormal shape, a repulsive character, something that is, I don't know if you've ever dealt with this concept when you're one. Did you ever watch, um, there was a movie that came out a few years back, it was Beowulf. I think it was that. That's. I've never. I, I know the story. I've never seen it. Like I've never seen the film. The well, newest. the film was one of the experiments they did with. Well, they tried to make something as lifelike as they could using just CGI, CGI. and it was, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and there was a problem with this kind of. It was un, the uncanny effect. It was repulsive because it was something 
that was close enough to reality, but not exactly hitting all of the. And so I think the idea is that when you look at the the word monster, which is the you know the definition in you know the 14th century, was a malformed human or uh, animal or human, uh, somebody who's afflicted with a birth defect, and that's something that I think is probably hits deeply into our. Um, in, into our reptilian brain is that when we see something that's that's almost real but not quite, that becomes a monster. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also comes from a root means to warn, warn them away. This is a repulsive object, awful abomination. <laughs> These are all synonyms, but. <laughs> It's just a really interesting uh, etymology. That, but when I think of the word monster, I think of something huge, you know, gigantic, like a turducken. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like take every take every creature in the in the world and combine it into this big, massive ball of of just m- this monstrous. Monstrous. See, look, I, I can't even. I have to use the word. This monstrous. Uh, turducken of every single thing that exists, and uh, we have the um, the beginnings of a real nightmare, one that you wake up from with in a cold sweat. Mm. I have so. never been afraid of a turducken before. Well, I'm not either, but I use that term when I mean when I really mean is combining a whole bunch of things together, like I a sin, like a centaur or a griffin. Uh, right. But then, but then you have like uh, in dream imagery. And particularly in the nightmares that I had, and this is a subject for another show, Gene, um, I I always dreamt of basically if you took all of Noah's Ark, what really would have been on Noah's Ark, <laughs> if there was such a thing, and you put it in a big ball and you threw it at me. That was the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. It's it's it, so that's what I think of when I when I think of monstrosity is just right. a, com- a combination of things. Uh, you see this in Alien, you know, when where this creature pushes itself out of the stomach of a human being, or you see this uh, this thing that has basically absorbed a bunch of human beings and all of their faces are sticking out. I mean, that's what I think of when I think of monstrosity or a monster. Well, I think I think the idea of the monster is that it is it's, it's sort of this thing that crosses boundaries, right? Which is where I think the film and where sort of my article or I guess my review of it sort of tries to go. Um, you have this thing which which sort of exists in in multiple realms, right? Like you say, it's a combination. And I think when we talk about monsters and and you know humans have been sort of talking about and, and potentially seeing monsters, you know, since time immemorial. You have to then have something that is both real, real enough anyway, that it it's discussed and talked about around campfires um, and over meals and and that you warn your children not to go too far into the woods because, you know, something very real can happen to them. But also, you know, they're also sort of this this curious subjective collection of ideas that that usually are culturally based um again formed from from a certain language or, or a cultural background that you know uh, what are the the anxieties and fears of that culture and and how can we collaborate them into something that is real or something that roams the woods at night um and 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 like you say right monsters are, are this collection of of ideas um both maybe real and imagined um and and the Flatwoods monster is this great 
example, it's sort of very much something frightening and, and large, but it's also almost technological. Um, it hovers above the ground. It, it has this sort of curious um, body that, that is more machine than, than biological. Let's uh, go into more machine stuff here. The commercial cart. <laughs> With Al, Michael and MJ and Gene, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes... Include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Fellow Patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Bitcoin is losing crypto market share to other digital currencies. Bitcoin's astronomical rise has led to the creation of numerous competitors like Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, which have also seen massive gains in value. According to Quartz, Bitcoin made up 85% of the crypto market one year ago, and today it has fallen to 36%. Remember, the only way to win in the casino is to take chips off the table. Call Miles Franklin at 866-485-4346 and let us show you how to quickly turn your Bitcoin into the 5,000-year-old safety of precious metals. Miles Franklin can quickly convert your Bitcoin to precious metals with one phone call at 866-485-4346. That's Miles Franklin celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Fast 
easy, safe, and convert your Bitcoin into gold with one phone call. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Why are we talking about carts? I don't know. I don't know. Let's continue our discussion. The Flatwoods Monster is this mix of, of technology um, from a Cold War sort of fearing public and a biological being. It's, it's this sort of machine animal, machine creature, as sort of the way it was described by the initial witnesses. So again, it's this blending of, of reality and objectivity and subjectivity, which is why I find it interesting. This was kind of a singular episode. We've had monsters, but mm-hmm. were there any monsters of record? that resembled the so-called Flatwoods monster. And that's sort of what the film presents a little bit. Like the town of Flatwoods had apparently, I think it had only, you know, half a dozen or so sightings of this thing all around sort of a, a quite a close period of time. There were dozens of other sightings of other monsters in Flatwoods. People were seeing sort of Bigfoot-like creatures. People were seeing sort of strange, large dogs roaming around. People were seeing UFOs. People were seeing sort of aliens. But the specific Flatwoods monster, sort of as described by the initial witnesses, only showed up a few times within a short period of time and then sort of vanished from... I guess, the lore of the town. People then sort of started telling other tales. We saw this hairy beast running around or or whatever. When's the last time anyone saw a Flatwoods monster running around? I I can't really tell you. That's why they're so beautiful. It's a good story. (laughs) That's the thing. I mean, you see these examples where where people see all different types of paranormal phenomena in one area, for instance, and they don't seem to be related. Uh, and this is, by the way, what I think, uh, Gene, is why people are are tempted to try to create a unified, for lack of a better term, a unified field theory of the paranormal or unified that encompasses all. And I think that's a, that's a very bad direction to move in because in cases where you have people who are in an area that's where – phenomenon occurs and they may be interpreting it in a certain way, it's not good to just simply say that it all comes from one simple source. And I guess in one in one respect, uh, it might, if you think, well, there's this proximity, but it bothers me a lot when I hear people trying to combine all of the, let's say that, for instance, we are being visited by aliens, and that's a, like a very small percentage of paranormal you know, and I hate that term, by the way. I hate the word paranormal because I think everything is normal. They tra- Right. I mean, it, it, when you look at this is my point of view is that at some point we're going to have an understanding of something we didn't understand. That's what science hopefully gives us. I know that's you test something out, you learn, 
you go through the scientific process, uh, you run your experiments, you test your hypothesis, you revise your hypothesis, and all of these things combine to, to help us advance our knowledge a little bit by little bit and weed out the, the things that don't make sense. But I, I think that a lot of times in the paranormal field, we this is my soapbox gene, but we try to combine everything and throw everything into one bucket and try to explain it all from one sim- simplified theory. In other words, yeah. the unified field theory. You opened a thread yeah, in the Paracast forums about it. So explain to MJ what this is all about. So basically, uh, this has been a discussion that's kind of evolved over the last couple of times that I've been on because I get I have a tendency to be a broken record. And <laughs> is that what you, time, said, you said? 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 Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I repeat myself. I'm, I'm going to be standing for repeat a himself. Okay. Repeat himself. Yeah, repeat himself. It's a line from a comedian: people who smoke too much weed repeat themselves repeat themselves repeat yeah exactly Um, so what i'm basically saying is that there's there's a lot of people who try to who try to construct a theory that that accounts for all the phenomena now i think that when stan friedman comes out and he says it and he sounds like a broken record and i sound like a broken record copying a broken record when i say this but he says some ufos or some unidentified flying objects underline some underline 150,000 times or whatever number he chooses to do in his lecture because it changes in every lecture may be are probably extraterrestrials really visiting our planet not all and then he just goes into his thesis about why he thinks that you know UFOs are extraterrestrials they come here blah 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 uh, there's all of this, you know, Roswell and uh, Corona and all this stuff. That's I think that in a way is is kind of expressing what we're dealing with is a phenomenon that is filtering that gets filtered through our own um, ability to you know to our subjective experience of reality but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something out there that might not be objective and then and then when you look at some of the other things like the skinwalker ranch um which i think is very compelling uh there's a there was a lot of a lot of events that happened over there uh that don't make sense and so people try to lump everything together and they said well all of this can't be that this this we have to have some kind of a unified theory that makes that makes all of this uh, make sense uh, and I think that's a wrong way to approach it because I think the phenomenon is pluralistic partly because human beings themselves um, and their experience their background and what they bring to the table is itself pluralistic but not only that but maybe the actual root cause in the the objective world if you you know want to go there is also, of different sources and we just simply don't know what it is and so we we have a tendency to do that we have a tendency to lump it all into well we don't know what it is so we're going to call it paranormal we can't explain it now we need a hypothesis that unifies that gives that that makes sense out of all of this so no yeah i i totally i don't disagree with you um you know like i said i'm relatively agnostic on the whole ufological sort of issue the phenomenon itself i'm i'm, I'm 
I have, you know, ideas, I suppose, and I, and maybe I have certain leanings or biases, but I try to remain as agnostic as possible. Um, so I'll play devil's advocate maybe a little bit. So don't, don't take this as, as, you know, for the audience, don't take this as, this is what MJ Benias believes. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But in regards to the phenomenon, um, you know, I, I think while I agree with you that, you know, the scientific approach is a valid approach. I think the issue then is what happens, and you sort of said this earlier, what happens when you deal with, um, in this new brave world of studying UFOs via science, what do you then do with all of the anomalies that occur um, within the UFO phenomenon? Um, Because we can't say the UFO phenomenon is consistent in any way. Um, When you look at it as a whole, the narrative is so varied and so complex that it has tons of anomalies like it's an it's an anomalous thing with anomalies in it. Um, so so that's a good quote, by the way. I like yeah, that. Thanks. So how do then do you like what gives your your process the right to say or or the ability to say um, this anomaly is legitimate? This anomaly is not. Well, and that's that's the, I think that's the million dollar question. We, we have really, more million millions more questions coming up. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com.
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You notice they're not trying to display their vibratos. There's going to be a point, Gene. Like, I, I love these. You might have to edit this out, but I love these commercial breaks like that we have to stop. I may at some day when I have enough money, I may just like buy a whole episode and be like, no commercial breaks. Just let us talk. Well, the problem with that is difficult because the network inserts the commercials automated. Yeah. So the only thing you could do then is buy the first minute of each commercial break for up to nine breaks Um, and sell anything you want or just talk, have a conversation with our listeners. But otherwise, it's the Paracast Plus. Unless I buy the network. Well, that's well, a good the, idea because then you can send us a paycheck every week. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I didn't know you were independently wealthy. <laughs> I, um, I certainly am not. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I when someday when I have money, when um, when my when my ufological career, uh, yeah, starts making money. I'm just joking. There's no such thing. Um, Please, when believe I be- me, making money in the UFO yeah, field is a joke. There's no such thing. When I become the next David Wilcock. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. And I can rob people. I mean, um, I can convince people to give me their money. We got to destroy capitalism first. I'm just joking. I'm just messing. I'm just having fun. So just having fun. No. So what were we talking about, Gene? It reminds you of what Q said. I never joke, 007. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Did he say that? Let's let's jump away from Flatwoods because the mixture of articles that you run are 
interesting. You have an article on Billy Meyer. Now, let me tell you something. Back in the early days of the Paracast, I don't know if you two were listening. We had two episodes with Michael Horn. Of yeah. course, the official American representative, because right. nobody else Authorized. volunteered for the job. Basically, they said, who wants to represent Billy Meyer? And nobody answered. And then they said, Michael, it's yours. And he said, OK, because he was doing nothing else, I guess. Now, we had him on. And in the second episode, my co-host, my original co-host, debated him more or less. And it got to be a wordy debate. I don't think it was hard-hitting as it should have been, but we had a couple of thousand messages on the PowerCast forums. If you look up Billy Meyer, look up the early stuff. Now, I wonder here, MJ Benias, why, after all these years, did you think that Billy Meyer was a topic worth a blog about? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm trying to remember how this all... I've been honest, I don't remember how this all started. Something happened where... Oh, man... Okay, I'm going to I'm going to start with this. I think I was on a podcast where Billy Meyer came up as a topic of conversation to which I sort of jokingly referred, I believe, to one of the photographs um, or a series of photographs that were sort of from the Billy Meyer sort of collection. Um, and I and I think I said something on, on how, you know, they clearly looked fake or or whatever. And then I, I made the claim that Billy Meyer was a cult leader. Michael Horn took offense to this, or at least took issue with it. Probably didn't take offense, took issue with it. And he, on one of his YouTube shows, sort of called me out and said, you know, I was listening to this podcast or this radio show or whatever, and this young asshole came... Sorry, can I swear on this show? Punk. <laughs> you know what? That's as far as you can go. I can restate. Sorry, edit. This young punk... Whippersnapper. Yeah. Um, Whippersnapper. This, this young pup came out and, um, you know, called Billy Meyer a cult leader, and he's not, and, and it sort of went on from there, and, and he's just sort of insinuated that I didn't know what I was talking about. So I, I don't know how I actually came across this at all. I was, I think I literally, I, I think I Googled myself for some reason, because I was looking for a, a podcast that I was on, and I didn't remember the name of the show, so I just, sometimes I Google myself, and I'll just scroll down YouTube, and I'll find, oh yeah, okay, this is the one. Um, and I saw that I was on this guy named Michael Horn, who I'd never heard of before on his podcast or, or his YouTube show. I was like, why the hell is my name here? So I clicked on it and I watched it and, you know, sure enough, he starts talking about it. So then I wrote an article sort of, um, about this situation and, and about Billy Meyer himself, um, which led to Michael Horn then sort of reading it and confronting me again over it on his show. And it, we had a, a very long back and forth. Um, we had several emails that um, were, were like you could probably publish into a book, um, just going back and forth over the Billy Meyer case and him provide, you know, presenting his evidence and, and, um, and, and me um, sort of trying to be at times kind. And at times I was, I was probably pretty cutting and I shouldn't have been. I'm trying. I'm, I'm typically a nice person. And anyway, we we had a bit of a disagreement. I wrote this blog post. He then posted on my blog. I responded. And anyway, after a series of emails, we decided to just sort of shake hands and leave things sort of amicably between us. Um, and you can sort of, if you actually read the blog post, and then you sort of read the essay that exists after in the comments section, um, it ends quite nicely. Where where he and I 
we, we reach a, an agree to disagree concord and that's it. Yeah, that's the that's the agree I'm right and you're wrong agreement to disagree. I've I've had to deal with that in the past, and I have to say, I'm reading your blog and you are very poignant. You say here is where he's committing fraud here, but because I know what you're doing, you're looking at the social aspect of it. You're not. Yeah, it, this is not interesting to you from a point of view of whether it's actually true or not, and I think that's the part where you. You can sort of have a detached uh, perspective, and I think that's a very good thing. And I find it amusing because, I mean, I wouldn't give this guy the time of day. I, I would just simply throw him in the garbage bin with everything else, with the Adamskis and all the the, the people that that just want to. Uh, I mean, this guy this guy lives off of people. He's got people that basically are his sl- – I'm sorry. I'm not going to say this. I probably shouldn't. But they work for him, okay? He, they don't get paid. They're basically part of his cult, and they work on his farm, and they live with him. And I just – you know, I, I read your blog, and I think you're being very nice, and you are very nice. But you're also pointing out that, hey, this is not right. This is – or it, you know, this is something that is that is not a real thing. This is a, an icon. You say this is a mere, he is merely an icon, an image, a, an object that people have. It, it's this self-creating a collective reality between people. Yeah, uh, thank you for your kind words. I I, I also sort of I, I think as I as I sort of sit here and reflect on it, um, I think Billy Meyer is similar to sort of what we have today in the UFO sort of community, right? We have these characters, these icons, um, these sort of images. And again, I I sort of pick on the same crew all the time, but it's just, it's so easy. You know, the David Wilcox, the Corey Goods, the Stephen Greers, there's a lot more I could pick on, but I don't want to get, you know, too much. I don't want to be sort of trolled too much after this. So I'm just going to limit to those three, but you know, there's a lot of you out there. But really what they are is, is they're not cult leaders necessarily, but they are these sort of, I don't know, like they're actors, right? Like is maybe that's the appropriate term. They're actors. They pretend to be something. Again, we can argue whether they actually believe it or not, um, but they act in a certain way and they act their storyline out. They act their sort of little role and then they, they, they sort of reap the benefit of this, um, and, yeah, and there's, unfortunately, there's definitely and, a benefit. I mean, and unfortunately, they can muster a significant amount of people to then go after you if, um, if 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 they don't like you. The the the, the, the inherent problem for Billy Meyer is that he's he's sort of so old now, and um, you know, ufology changes sort of relatively quickly. He's he's not fading into obscurity, but he kind of is, right? You you ask most young people in UFO culture if they know who Billy Meyer is. They they like not really. Oh, is he the guy on the X Files poster? Like like that the UFO on the X Files that 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 Billy Meyer? Yeah, that Billy Meyer. We've got um, more to come <laughs> this week, and maybe we'll explore Billy Meyer and more with Gene, MJ, and Michael. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Federal Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. 
is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, this is also part of the problem when you expose people like a Billy Meyer, or even when you expose somebody like Phil Imbrogno for having fake educational credentials and a faked military record. What happens is they disappear for a while, or they fade into obscurity, and then young people rediscover them. I got, for example, a few years ago, an email asking if I wanted to bring on someone who runs an organization that follows the late George Adamski. And I gave them chapter and verse about how Adamski was exposed over the years, including the 1957, 1957 Saucer News special edition where they exposed George Adamski, Jim Mosley and his crew. And they acted like they never heard of any of this stuff. So they just resurrected George Adamski or maybe it was Bela Lugosi, you take the stake out of his heart. And we had a Adamski. And of course, I never put them on the show. I thought it was quite boring to talk about a 1950s contactee in the sense of reverence for him. Now, the difference here is that Greg Bishop and Adam Gorightly are doing a book that should be out shortly called A is for Adamski, yeah, where they have an interesting presentation on the contactee movement. And that is something we should be interested in. But getting back to Billy Meyer, MJ, you feel like most people do that this guy was a fake from day one, or is it possible sometime in the early years something happened and he just tried to milk it for all it was worth? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Again, it comes down to sort of what I personally believe, and, and I have no evidence to support sort of my claims here. So whatever I say next, I'm speculating. I, I think Billy Meyer did have some sort of experience whether we can say it's sort of like an objectively real experience or whether it was like a fugue state or something i don't know but i think he believes that something happened well that's interesting yeah and again i'm just speculating here so you know i might be on the wrong side of history for this one but I, i i think he i think he does believe that something happened to him what then occurred thereafter right the God, I just, I'm going to get an email from Michael Horn. I can feel it. <laughs> Michael, I'd love to talk to you. I've made peace and I just don't want to disturb. No, it's, it's fine. I, I, I understand. I've, I've, you have a, I'm reading your article. You, you really give him a lot of benefit. You give him a lot of room. Uh, benefit of a doubt is what I said. And I said this earlier. Um, it's something I've noticed in your blog post is that you really do try to give people a chance to put forth there and try to find something that may be real there that may be where they really validly believe in something and it is real to them. And it doesn't matter from your perspective because it's a part of a psychosocial kind of nexus. I think mm-hmm. for you, it makes sense from that point of view. And I, and, and I think that's a good approach. Sadly though, I think there are just some people who just want to make money uh, or they want to and and you know he can if he wants to email anybody he can email me julius.dedekind at gmail.com send me an email and i'll respond uh, you just asked for lots and lots of spam 
Yeah. Yeah, wow. but that's Just fine. Screwed up. No. <laughs> no, you can. No. You know what? I don't care. I've got a spam filter, and I also have a. I'm, I also type 300 words a minute, so whatever. Um, well, I, I type I, 2,000 words a minute, so there. Yeah, I yeah, know. I know. I know. I type I, faster than a speeding bullet. In fact, yeah, well, I've burned up more keyboards in an hour. By the way, what I just said is BS. Only a stenographer can do 300 words a minute. So anyways. Like, I agree with you. I think there are faces. And, and like I said, I, I'm I'm probably the first one who's going to take heat. And, and I, I personally believe that both David Wilcock and Corey Good are sort of um, fraudulent. Um, so whether, you know, it's the next gener- it's the next generation of of um, attention people. And I agree. I think I think that's what it is. I think they're in it for the attention and and the money and and whatever, turning it sort of UFO discourse into a cottage industry. So I, I, I'm prepared to say that. Like, I, I haven't written an article yet because. Well, um, you did. It's called capital. If you're going to bring in the ufological framework, if you're going to you got to absorb it into the capitalistic framework, which means you got to get people out there who make money off of something that doesn't exist. Yeah. And from a from a, from that point of view, I think that makes sense. Um, I think you you actually outlined this scenario. I don't know if you realize it, but when you mentioned it, you, you talked about how uh, you know the capitalism, the capitalistic framework has to either absorb it in some way and then and then convert it into something that is mundane or not and then what's the other option well <laughs> i think you summed it up in your quote in the very beginning uh i think you you'd be more likely to have the end of the world than the <laughs> capitalism ending <laughs> yeah um, and, and yeah i mean that that gets back uh by the way um i'm sorry to interrupt you um there's a book by yuval noah called uh, sapiens uh which is a very interesting book on the notion of uh, on on how capitalism as a belief system is actually the world's largest religion. Mm-hmm. Um, the belief that money, uh, the belief in money and credit and and fiat currency. Which, by the way, I'm not against it because it's again peop- the society creates its own reality by agreeing to it and. And he talks about it as being a kind of a motivating force in capitalism. It's a very interesting book. I highly recommend it. Yeah, no, I I, I do agree. I, I think capitalism is a religion. I think it has its own dogma. Um, so yeah, and it's interesting because again, from a ufological standpoint, from from sort of the UFO subcultural standpoint, um, you know the those characters in ufology, the, the sort of the talking heads, the like I say, the, the maybe the the frauds. Um, who are in it for the cottage industry. Um, what really surprises me and what really I find interesting and compelling is why do um, members of the UFO community, um, why do they stand for it? Um, uh, you know, when it was announced that Corey Good was participating in the MUFON symposium, um, why did people, why did sort of members of MUFON attend, right? As a member of MUFON, one would think, you would sort of believe in the more scientific aspects of ufology, um, uh, to which sort of Corey Good is the is is sort of the perfect ant- ant- antithesis to the scientific aspect of ufology, um, as is David Wilcock. So, so we have this strange, um, we have this strange kind of um, and curious, uh, what's the word, um, tendency in the UFO community. To just say, well, the talking heads are going to talk, 
and that's okay. Or, or we forgive them for doing that, right? Like we forgive the fact that a conference like, um, uh, contact in the desert exists. Um, and, yeah. and it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it seems like contact in the desert is this, um, it's a sort of wild west of ideology where, where anyone can say anything. And, and in fact, the vast majority of the speakers at contact in the desert disagree with one another, right? Like one attends con contact in the desert and they go to 15 different lectures and all 15 are in total opposition to one another, right? Because ultimately everyone's pitching their own, um, ideology and philosophy. And half the time, you know, they call the guy literally in the other room or not the other room, the guy in the other tent, um, a, a fraud, um, just by default, because, you know, they're saying I'm right and, and everyone else is wrong. Um, so, and, and for some reason in, in the UFO discourse, we allow this to occur, right? We, we want to sort of, um, and I, I find this strange. I find this weird that we have no problem with this going on. Um, that this sort of lack of criticism and critical thinking sort of exists. Well, it's, it's, it's as you said, it's the democratization of information. It's that double-edged sword that comes down and you, you allow any voice to come in and, and even if it, if it goes to the level of anarchy and cacophony, you know, yeah. you, 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 in other words, as long as it's something that is what what maybe I guess um, and I'm, maybe I'm, it's, it's as a reminder is that well, what did they all have in common? And that's probably that they don't, that they all distrust some kind of, some form of authority. And I think that that's probably where you're dealing with is that as long as that you have something that questions the authoritative understanding of reality, even if it's a scientific one, um, there's there's a, a, a gathering of people who are attracted to it who are still all willing to bow down before the altar of David uh, right exactly they're still willing and, to submit themselves to something with me what they do is they don't bow down they throw tomatoes or is it tomatoes <laughs> They, they throw tomatoes they throw at tomatoes. me and now for something completely different you're in the Paracast Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Is that a classy one, MJ? I don't know what happened there. I screwed up. I was aiming for, I missed the mark. See, all he has to do is go, the Paracast. Stop. And I'll, stop. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> We're trying to do a real show here. Let's okay. drop the Billy Meyer thing. It used to be, though, we'd mention Billy Meyer in the forums or on the show, and it would bring out the riffraff or something. It would bring out people who, <laughs> you know, were fans of Billy Meyer and followed him. Well, they probably, it's called astroturfing, Gene. You know that term. Yes, it's connection with the Tea Party. The Tea Party originally, uh, although it became a real movement, was an astroturf effort by the I, was it I'm Freedom Works it. or something like that, the Koch brothers. Yeah, and they I'm put gonna, money into it, it to finance this organization that would adhere to their brand of conservative principles. Astroturfing has been been around for a long time. It just means you send this group of people out and they spam. You see it in Twitter. You see it in fate. You know the, the same messages posted over and over. And, and, and sorry, I'll get off my soapbox, Gene. We should stay away from politics. You know how I get when we start talking about politics. Right. We're not going to get into politics. What we are going to get into, however, is the political aspect of things like disclosure and this Tom DeLong movement that we have out now. It made a big splash with that New York Times article about the secret. Pentagon UFO study, which worked in isolation to every other previous UFO study. Like now the Pentagon studying UFOs, what happened to Project Blue Book? I mean, I would think if I'm starting a study, whether it's $22 million or $22 billion or $22,000, would not you at the first do research and say, let's see what we have on hand? Let's look at the records of Project Blue Book. Let's see other UFO cases that might be on file over the ensuing decades. And then let's now do some new research. But it looks like to me that it was all new, like nothing ever happened before. Didn't all that money go to Bob Bigelow? I guess a large portion of it did this. Just think about this now. I'm being sarcastic or facetious or I'm being serious. You make your own decision. Bob Bigelow is a billionaire, or just about a billionaire. Mm-hmm. He is a supporter, or was a supporter, of Senator Harry Reid, who was the Senate Majority Leader until the Republicans took over Congress. Senator Reid instigates this study to get the $22 million 
that goes to his pal or his supporter, Bob Bigelow. Now, no one's talking about that money. I'll assume everything was done on the up and up or it was just pork. I don't know. That's nothing. That's nothing. The money that they paid, that they, that, that was, they spent more money talking about it than they did actually say, I mean, I'm being, I'm joking, but I mean, that's how much money was it? Was it, it wasn't, it was just a drop in the bucket compared to what, what we've spent in the past over on something like this. Right. This would buy what? About 300 toilet seats. Yeah. Maybe two gold plated toilet seats for the Trump tower, whatever. Anyways. So I'm not impressed. I don't know why people were impressed. I think they were sold a bill of goods. Now, I'll be fair. I do plan to try to have Leslie Kane on the show because she helped bring this to public attention and see what she thinks and why this is something especially new. To me, the fact that it is a study at all, I guess, is interesting. But the fact that it existed in isolation, in a bubble, to anything else, to me, makes me wonder... What was going on here? Sounds like somebody was trying to throw a bone to the counterculture. Uh, trying to, I don't know, you pick up on this, MJ. What do you think? I mean, I think, I think it was just throwing a bone. Um, in regards to getting like funding for this project? Yeah, yeah. I think they got sort of the funding that they could probably get. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I can't, I can't speculate. And, and I'm, I'm sure if speculation is is sort of useful here because whatever it's we what we do, and yeah. But whatever <laughs> we speculate is probably not the truth, right? Like, I mean, probably not. Um, they're they're right. they probably you know if 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 there's an agenda or there's steps ahead, they're they're way more ahead than we are. Um, sure. I think I think the one like uh, I'll say a few things in regards to sort of the what's it called a tip um, program out of the Pentagon. Um, I think it's interesting that you you now have an era where, um, in previous reports, like out of Blue Book in the '60s, you kind of went on pilot testimony and you went on um, you know sort of pretty early radar, you know, um, radar pre- visual radar yeah. visual sightings. I mean that that exactly. was one that was the whole the most important sightings were the ones that were right. visual. And radar corroborated the visual. Whereas in now, technologically, you know, we have high definition cameras that are strapped to guns on these fighters or whatever. So, you know, whatever the plane sees or whatever the plane's pointed at, even if it's not pointed at, the camera will pick something up. Um, So ultimately, you not only have sort of radar, you also have sort of current generation radar, which is probably a lot more um, precise and specific than than you know, 1960s radar. Um, and you also have the ability to record sort of mid-flight um, sort of footage. And, and not only that, from sort of quite a distance. I mean, you know, the, some of this gun footage camera that we have is is sort of a, an object that's, that's nearly a kilometer away at times. Um, so I think that the, the interesting thing here is, is the, the quality of evidence has increased. Um, you still have your pilot testimony, which has never changed. You're still going to have your radar tracks. They're probably a lot more specific now. Um, there's there's better equipment, um, but now you have sort of the ability to sort of capture video as well of, of these strange anomalous objects. 
Now, I'm not saying the videos are amazing. I mean, there's there's no smoking gun, that's for sure. But I, I think it's interesting that at least, you know, within a year or so of, of To The Stars being around and this program being made public, you know, three videos declassified that show something interesting. We can debate what is actually in those videos. There has been, there's been back and forth. Um, as to what sort of those objects actually are, whether they're prosaic or not, or, or mundane or not. Um, but I find it compelling only in that we're still studying UFOs, but we have sort of modern technology to do it. Well, and I think some people overstate the uh, the uh, the efficacy of of, in, of a of a of a cell phone camera. Um, I mean, anybody who knows, I mean, you can take the most prosaic object and oh, yeah. that, that we look at, which is the moon, and, when, and in full phase and, you know, big sitting there. And you can take your phone and you can take a picture of it with, with and I've got a Samsung S, S7, um, or you can use an iPhone X, which, all right. So Clean up can, the language. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so you could have a... Like I said, you could have an Android camera, an S7, you could shine it, or or an iPhone X, and what you see is a point of light. You don't see a moon. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just and put this in perspective before we get into platform wars. Samsung makes good cameras. Apple yeah. makes good cameras. When you look at the comparisons of the current models, like the Galaxy S9 versus the iPhone X, not iPhone X, which was, by the way one of the top-selling single models of smartphone in the entire world. Okay. And in the December quarter, one-third of all the smartphone profits were earned by the iPhone X. And the price, which is supposedly high, is actually less than the most expensive Google Pixel smartphone. Okay, okay now, the point is these two phones, okay. the yeah, Samsung... Michael. <laughs> and the iPhone make good pictures. Well, when I'm, the, the they have good cameras. Gene, the, the thing is, I'm you still can't make, capture anything more than a pinpoint of light. The point I'm trying to make, Gene, is that you can take a nice camera, you can take a picture of the moon, and all you're going to see is a point of light that doesn't even look like the moon. We'll get right. into more and of this in our next segment. We've I'm got MJ Benias, Michael Allen, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Non attorney paid spokesperson. 
Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, and rats. If you've made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has 90 years of experience eliminating home invaders. And they make it easy for homeowners to be protected by offering a free pest estimate by calling 1-800-676-9879. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, rats, and other pests. This is your last chance with one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. Terminix will never stop working to keep you out with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Pests. Wherever you are, I will find you. Pests. You've been warned. Homeowners are calling Terminix right now for a free pest estimate. 1-800-676-9879. 1-800-676-9879. 30-day money-back guarantee at participating locations. Limitations apply. See plan for details. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. He's trying to imitate Bela Lugosi, and you can't. Nobody can imitate Bela Lugosi. Because he created a singular image of a singular character. Anyway, we're talking about cameras. The fact is, we think here, and this is where the best logic is, we have the argument here, well, we've got hundreds and hundreds of millions of people with high-quality smartphone cameras, which is the real point of it. We've got the iPhone. We've got the Samsungs. The recent Googles have had decent cameras, too, although only three people buy those phones. The, so we have all this stuff. 
And we're not seeing any great UFO photos. And the reason is because you'll just capture a pinpoint of light in the sky. The only way you'll see a UFO that looks like anything distinctive, if it's basically a close-up sighting. And there are very few of those. And as a matter of fact, there are very few good UFO pictures over all these years. I'm just saying that something you see that you see with your own eyes that's going to be clear in your vision that you think is resolved, you can take a picture of it and it's going to be nothing. There's, I mean, I've done, I, I had an example when I had, you know, I had a 75 inch TV moved into my media room and we, I took a picture of it and I took several pictures of it. And even right there standing up against the wall, I couldn't get the scale of the, of how big the TV was and it just there was something about the field of view of the of the camera that changed the reality of what I was looking at in, in such a way that it made it look smaller than what it really was. And I think a lot of a lot of people overestimate the ability of a camera to pick up something that they think is something that is real and that is worth taking a picture of. But then when they take the picture and, and you consider the lighting and you consider the you know the timing. You know, if they're taking it at night, for instance, you know, you're going to get something that doesn't look anything near of what they're actually seeing with their own eyes. That's the kind of the the point that I'm making about. It. I think a lot of people say, well, we don't. Why don't we don't get any more pictures that are night? You know, that why don't we have pictures of these things? And I say, well, have you ever tried to take a picture of something that you thought was really awesome, but then you looked at it and you go, eh. That didn't really come out right. I needed to take that picture again. That happens more often than not. And if you're involved in a situation where something just jumps at you and you got to pull your phone out of your pocket and you got to unlock the phone and then you got to push the little button that launches the camera app and then you got to switch the view from selfie because you probably last time took a selfie to, to taking a picture off in the distance from the other side. I mean, by that time, you're probably looking at something that's not even worth taking a picture of. I mean, does that make any sense? I had it happen to me three times. I wanted to take a picture of something. I, hey, nobody's going to believe this. And I take a picture of it. And it looks like crap. It's just, there's yeah. nothing there. It's blurry. People still, still send me their, their UFO pictures. Like I used to be a MUFON field investigator um, until I left. But um, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go on. Why did you leave? Um, I left over the situation regarding Mr. Ventry and Mr. Harzen's response. So that was what caused me to leave. Okay, let's go to the things that were presented to you, the pictures. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, you know, in my investigations, you know, you would often get people who say, I took photos of the object I saw or the lights I saw. And, and, and like you say, Michael, they show you this picture or they send you these picture files and, you know, it's this dot uh, in a black background. And it doesn't matter how much you zoom in or you try to fix the image, you know, on your computer, um, it just it just becomes a blurry dot on a black background. Um, right. So I agree. I, I think that, the, like you say, the common skeptic sort of response of, well, you know, everyone's walking around with a camera in their pocket. Why aren't people taking pictures of UFOs? Um, you know, I'm sure people do. And, and at the end of the day, the ones that I've seen it's indistinguishable from anything else. It's just a point of light half the time, or it's a, it's a, a current UFO case I'm dealing with consistently. Um, and, and is, is sort of going into my book is, is a particular witness. She, she had a, an object sort of hovering above her sort of in the distance. And, and she managed to sort of snap a few photos. And to her, the object obviously was quite, quite large, but in the photographs, it's this, 
um, it, it looks like a, a sort of a gray dot in a blue background. Um, and it doesn't matter what I do to the image. It, it's just a gray dot. Um, and just gets blurry. So, um, let me ask you here, are people yeah. just, shall we say optimistic that something like this is going to turn out to be something useful? Sure. I have, I have to be honest. I had this one case, uh, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, Chris Rakowski, who's a, a UFO guy. Oh um, yeah. He's one of our friends here. Yep. Contacted me, um, over, we, we were sort of, someone contacted him rather about a UFO case and, and, um, they wanted me to come out and, and check out the video that they shot of this sort of object in the sky. Anyway, we couldn't get out there, but they came to my place and, and I have sort of a 60 inch TV. So I put on the computer and I, I attached the computer to the TV so we could see, you know, on a 60 inch screen, sort of this video, it, it turned out to be a flare, but um, the person was was very hopeful because when they zoomed in on their camera on this sort of point of light, it sort of took on the spherical shape and there was this flickering and, and um, they were sitting there, look, it's a flying saucer. Like it looks like a flying saucer. Oh my God. And, and, and they were literally in my basement vibrating with excitement that they had sort of, you know, a couple, you know, quote unquote, um, UFO researchers or ufologists or whatever you want to call us sort of staring at this thing blinking. Um, and they were, they were, like I said, very sort of agitated and excited um, until, you know, it was sort of pointed out to them, well, it's blinking and, and that little sort of thing in the middle of it that, that makes it kind of look like a saucer is just your camera's, like the, the lens of the camera. Like it's just a reflection of it um, because when you zoom into a point, you're going to see the, the aperture. And, and so we were just telling him it's nothing like you, 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 you're, you're just seeing the cameras sort of playing a trick on you in a sense. It's not actually doing that. And, um, they, they were, the look on their face was awful. Like they were so dejected that they thought they had something and they didn't. And at the end of the day, we found out that it was actually the, the local coast guard was running, um, exercises and they were actually shooting flares up in the sky and it was a flare. And we had sort of confirmation from the coast guard. So, we, you know, again, it sort of broke their heart because they were showing all this video to all their friends and, and, you know, it's my UFO video and it turned out to be nothing. And, and it looked like a UFO, but it certainly was not. Um, so for sure, people definitely spend a lot of emotional capital, I think, on their, their sightings and their photos and videos. Well, this is what you see on YouTube all the time. You just see points of light in the sky. And I hope people use a little bit of common sense. If you see a light in the sky that can be anything on camera, don't bother sending it in. Mm -hmm. Save your efforts, save your work. This is not going to solve anything. That's why there's so few UFO photos, because it's very difficult for the camera to capture it. Where you do have distinctively clear UFO photos, there's unfortunately a fair possibility that the photos are fake, especially nowadays. You don't have to dangle, you know, little... Toys before the camera. Well, it doesn't have to be like the Lost Creek photo that Jim Mosley and Gray Barker created like 50 years ago. We are not going to last another 50 years if we don't break for a little piece of business. Long John used to say that. He called commercials a piece of business. Gene Steinberg, MJ Benias, Michael Allen, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
documentation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we have two more segments to go with MJ Benias and Michael Allen. And Michael is just so confident now with his new microphone. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to review his performance, feel free. I'm going to start a thread. It's going to be great, my performance. And count how many times I say the word, you know. And by the way, the last one didn't count. So, we got a question from our forums for MJ mm. uh, from TDSR. And he, sa- he says, it seems to me that most people today are still focused on the, quote, objects that are associated with the UFO phenomenon. Think TTSA video, etc. Lights in the sky seem trivial when we consider that, in all caps, beings are reported to be interacting with humans, animals, earth. What do you think is the reason for the encounter phenomena being too far out, but the objects are, quote, safer to talk about? The mainstream media recently has been willing to discuss UFOs, but it seems that most people are afraid to speculate on who is driving remotely or otherwise. The case of Evan Bryce in Tappan Indy comes to mind, among many others, where Evan shot a being and it reared in pain while other beings were present. According to Evan, seemed to bow and kneel before him after the shot. There is something profound in the notion that we are being perceived, quote-unquote, by other intelligences. In your opinion, what are we missing as a species that is preventing individual disclosure? In other words, what impact does naivety have on understanding all this? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, Okay, so I would start here. I think the UFO as object, as he sort of mentioned, is safe. Yeah, we still leave wiggle room for sort of for us to distance ourselves from whatever is in charge of that object or controlling that object. Once you start getting into beings or sort of another intelligence that is like us, it raises a lot of phys- philosophical problems, but furthermore, it raises, I think, a lot of sort of philosophical anxieties in us. We we come face to face, I think, with the idea that we are not anymore at the top of the, the sort of the food chain, both sort of physiologically, perhaps, technologically as well, and and also just epistemologically. We realize that there is some other out there that isn't us, but is like us in some way, um, predominantly that it has agency. So it calls into question our sort of um, 
current state as being the only ones. Really, at the end of the day, humanity has, for the last sort of, you know, several tens of thousands of years, you know, our species has sort of been alone. There has been no one else since sort of the Neanderthals died out. Um, we we have always viewed ourselves as as winning the the evolutionary battle. Um, we are in charge. Um, another being or another intelligence that's physical like we are, or even sort of metaphysical in some way, but sort of present and can influence the physical world around us. This I think is generally frightening. Um, we lose our status and we, we, we sort of get knocked down a peg. Um, we realize that there's something perhaps greater than us. Um, and, and I think for a long time, you know, humans have always contemplated there's something greater than us, and it's always sort of been like a godlike figure. But God typically doesn't show up and, and walk around, you know, your backyard and abduct you. Um, so, you know, I think we have sort of a, 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 a maybe an ontological difference. Yeah, I mean, unless, of course, there are three of them that come down and warn you to get the hell out of town before your entire town gets blown to smithereens. Right, yeah, like Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, you know, that's that's a classic sure. example, you know. it's a, But yeah, continue, sorry. And I think we definitely sort of have, have these moments of, of sort of encounters, you know, especially in the Bible of, of you know, I guess, beings, typically sort of angels that, um, you know, often show themselves to humans but the humans always react sort of typically in the same way right usually they're afraid first and the angel has to typically say don't be afraid um right i i I bring you good news right um so to answer the question um i think first in regards to the media aspect of the question the media is simply a reflection of society um so whatever anxieties we have as a society the media is going to reflect them so if if we would much rather i think um, laugh off the idea of an intelligent being or the idea of another intelligence, um, because that's our only way to cope with um, the possibility that that other intelligence exists. Um, because if we choose instead to accept the fact that this other intelligence exists wholeheartedly, um, our entire perception of reality shifts. For some, we become horribly terrified. Um, and for others, we might sort of become more at peace with the universe, realizing that we're sort of a voice in a chorus and not a solo performer. Um, but then you start to sort of look at the world around you differently. You you start to stop. You, you no longer buy into the, the, the typical narrative that society and, and sort of popular culture feeds you. Um, um, to answer the second part of his question, which I really actually don't remember now, can you read the last part of his his the last sort of two sentences? So what he said is that he talked about Evan Bryce in Tappan ND. Uh-huh. Um, he says comes to mind amongst amongst many others where Evan shot a being and it reared in pain while other beings present, according to Evan, seemed to bow and kneel before him after the shot. And his question is, there is something, well, his statement, there is something profound in the notion that we are being perceived by other intelligences. And I will, by the way, second this. Um, my mother and I both uh, sequentially, when I was introduced into the notion of, of, of the idea that we were being, that we could be possibly, that it was a real world scenario 
that was valid, that this was something logically, it doesn't even matter. It could be, it doesn't even have to be proven. It's logically possible that there are other intelligence in the universe that perceive us and that are here. And that was a terrifying thing. He says, there is something profound in the notion that we are being perceived by other intelligences. And his question, what are we missing as a species that is preventing individual disclosure? Um, what impact does naivety have right. on understanding all of this? So, Sure, yeah. And, and I think, you know, like, he uses an interesting word, right? This, this term perceived, um, which, is, which is sort of a, a curious way to put it. Um, but I like it. Um, because ultimately, I guess... It, you know, not only uh, the realization that there is an intelligence out there or that it's visiting us, but perhaps more importantly is that that intelligence is obviously, like he says, perceiving us or or assessing us or um, studying us or um, hunting us or um, whatever right. we sort of want to say. Um, and again, this comes down to sort of power itself and, and the anxiety we feel by losing our power to something else, to this other, whatever it is. Um, so I, I think being naive, right, um, is, is <laughs> this is interesting. It reminds me of like um, pigs in a slaughterhouse, right? You know, the pigs kind of walk around their slaughterhouse totally unaware that they're in a slaughterhouse. And then eventually they reach a certain weight and then the gate opens and like they start getting led to where they get, you know, killed. Um, right. You know, ultimately, if that's us, um, we're quite happy walking around the house or the, the slaughterhouse, because, you know, we don't know what we're actually in. Um, once we start perceiving or understanding, or once we realize that we're actually walking around a slaughterhouse and we're just waiting for that gate to open, um, we become horribly frightened. Um, and, and I'm not sure if, if, if humanity can sort of live like this. I think that, that it's, it's, it's a frightening place to be. You know what, folks, before we get slaughtered, for not running these ads. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a really bad segue. We got one more segment with MJ Benias and Michael Allen. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, waiting for the slaughterhouse. Yes. Kind of reminds me of the theory here from some people, like Dr. David Jacobs, that There are UFO or alien hybrids here. He calls them hubrids because they're human, alien, whatever. And therefore, they are here to quietly take us over. Not a shot being fired. Yeah, and and, and that's 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 sort of the traditional sort of materialistic interpretation, right? The extraterrestrial hypothesis, right? These are physical beings from some other planet 
they're just more advanced than us and they are using us for some dubious purpose um, or some nefarious purpose rather. And again, that's one sort of hypothesis. I'm not saying that there are alien beings and I'm not saying that we're being invaded. I'm not saying that we're pigs in a slaughterhouse. All I'm simply saying, I think, is that once we come to terms with the potential realization that we're not alone, we have to then deal with the fact that, okay, we're not alone, but but more importantly, the thing that we're not alone with is potentially better than us, is more advanced than us. And and if it wanted to, could get rid of us or or you know ultimately do whatever it wants. I was about to say, if, they, if we're pigs in the slaughterhouse, they had a lot of pigs that they wasted by just letting them die, by killing each other. I mean, so it doesn't make sense to me, the idea that they would, uh, that would be an agenda. I'm using the, the, the sort of the slaughterhouse metaphor, maybe sort of sloppily, but the idea is that the pigs sort of don't know where they are. And, and yeah. you know, I think the, the argument that, or the question sort of poses the same idea, right? The pigs are naive to their reality. They're naive to the fact that they're in the slaughterhouse. So wow. for us, if there isn't, let's say, an extraterrestrial presence and we're naive to it, it's much easier to be naive and simply go about our daily lives to walk around the slaughterhouse without knowing anything than it is to have the realization that, you know, that gate, when it opens, leads to something potentially terrible. Well, I was saying, I guess I was taking it too literally. I was. Yeah, don't take it literally. Sorry, I, maybe I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I, I, I was thinking of literal. Yeah, no, I don't mean the aliens are here to slaughter us. What, what I mean is, 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 is more so. The pigs have to be unaware that they're in a slaughterhouse, right? Or that they're being, they're being uh, exploited in some way, and I, yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I, I have to go back to wondering, you know, these mechanisms of exploitation that some, some of the, um, the theorists, theorists, people who create whatever hypothesis to explain the reality that they that they don't understand. And one is the is it always comes up is like it's it's the well I'm looking at it right over here Jim Mars alien agenda what's yeah. the what's the agenda I mean yeah, I well, read I read the book I I I, I, I you know I, I just wonder what what could they possibly need from us or could they have not gotten from us already right that right I mean I mean it's just. Sure. Like you say, it's it's a sort of it's a specific hypothesis, and, and I think we have to kind of you know be cognizant of that. It's just a hypothesis. We have obviously no evidence, really, that would sort of move society to totally towards believing the hypothesis that sort of aliens are here or whatever. Right? Um, we can we can sort of debate you know the evidence and we can talk about it, um, but you're not going to convince everyone um, because the evidence just isn't good enough or or it's not sort of present enough that I would sort of alter my life to, to believe in it. Um, but I also think that we kind of like, you know, thinking about our own demise. Right. And when you sort of think about some of these books that have come out or, or theories that exist in regards to sort of the evil alien agenda, you know, it, we kind of dig that, right? Like there's a reason why we like, where we, where we really like watching end of the world movies and why we really like watching alien invasion movies. Right. It, we, we as humans sort of have a bit of a death drive, I think. We we sort of like thinking about our own death as a species. You know, that's why they're so popular. I mean, th- there's there's a reason why end-of-the-world movies keep coming out all the time um, and why alien invasion movies keep coming out all the time. We find it fascinating. At the end of the movie, 
We usually win. Independence Day, War of the Worlds, even if it isn't something that we had control over in War of the Worlds, they caught a cold. I was thinking as you were talking about Alien Invasion, the Twilight Zone episode, To Serve Man, which was aired in 1962. And the star, one of the stars playing an alien was Richard Keel, best known in the movies as Jaws. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. From Bond, right. Bond. James Bond. <laughs> to serve man, is that the one where they is that the one where they eat us? That's what it means. Yeah. They make yeah. it seem as if they're here to show us some great thing. Yeah. And therefore we go to their planet not knowing that yeah. we're going to be their food. The well, I mean, the, I mean, there's there's other stories that are told in video games and like Mass Effect, for instance, where there's this super intelligent alien. Uh, well, it's a it's a it's basically an AI that that harvests human beings over over millennia in our galaxy. And uh, we have to fight against them. And they're called the Reapers. And the that's a that's much you know, the, the thing is, is that we've, we've explored a lot of themes in, uh, in movies, but I think some of the most compelling and probably the most disturbing themes have been explored in video games. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really fascinating, the idea that human beings are basically uh, there to create something that, that comes back and, and, and devours them, but is a machine that human beings create, but then the machine is like the next stage in development or evolution from the human being. Because a human being is a biological machine, in essence. I mean, and and then it creates something that is able to replicate itself on a much more massive scale. That's something that I've 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 always been fascinated with. I don't know why I brought that up, Gene. Well, I think this way, I let you just sit there and hang yourself. No, it's okay to bring things up like that. You know, we have have the right to certainly theorize about what aliens might be, what their motives might be. And because they're advanced doesn't mean they necessarily have to be peaceful. They may not care about us at all. They may have motives that we can't even understand because they are, of course, alien. Or they could have some kind of evil purpose— but it's a lot more efficient to take us over quietly with deception than to destroy us, which is the common theme in the sci-fi movie. The aliens come here and they wage destruction on us. But if they why, simply pull some kind of I mean, stunt so we think they're friendly, it's a lot better. I, I guess I don't see it. I Maybe I'm thinking that that it's easier to just push the humans out of the way and get to what you need. I mean, unless the human beings are what you want. I mean, but you have to understand here, we're thinking in human terms, you know, let's get over with. But if you want to take us over for whatever reason without destroying the planet in the process, MJ Banias. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell our listeners if they want to know more of what you do, that great blog of yours, where do they go? Sure. You can find my writing at www.terraobscura.net. I also write for Mysterious Universe, and you can find my work in uh, UFOs Reforming the Debate. 
as well, I am currently in the process of writing a book, which hopefully will be published sort of next year-ish. So please stay tuned for that. And I'm on all the social medias at MJ Benayath. So if you are a social media person, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at MJ Benayath. By the way, speaking of Twitter, there's a word from Twitter, change your password. Yes, <laughs> check your password and change your Twitter password. We are the PowerCast on Twitter. You can also check us out on Facebook, where we have two official PowerCast fan clubs, the group and the community. We also have PowerCast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com, where you get a version of this show free of the network ads. Speaking of ads that I've been pushing for all this show, we also give you the After the PowerCast podcast where you never know what's going to happen next and more goodies. Prices start just $1.49 a week. Go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. MJ Benias, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.